You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. So, if you have your Bible this morning, I hope you do. Uh, we're going to look at Philippians, the book of Philippians. Ch- chapter 1 will be our starting place. And looking forward to talking about, an honor to speak about the significance and the importance of, of missions. A century ago, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. One-way missionaries. They bought tickets to the mission field without the return half. Instead of suitcases, they packed their earthly belongings into coffins. As they sailed away, they waved goodbye to everyone they loved and all they knew, knowing they would never return home again. A man by the name of A.W. Milne went to this particular area of the world. He set sail for New Hebrides in the South Pacific, aware that headhunters there had martyred every missionary who had come before him. But Milne didn't fear his life because he already died to himself. His coffin was packed. For 35 years, he lived among that tribe. When he died, they buried him in the middle of the village and inscribed this on his tombstone. When he came, there was no light. And when he left, there was no darkness. He invested 35 years of his life, almost in anonymity, advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I read that quote and story, I just thought, this, he, was, he was all in. He was all in. You know, not packing your suitcase. Can you imagine packing a coffin and never again to return home? What a commitment that he made to missions. And so many others are making commitments to missions. And we get to be a part of that as a church family. He was all in. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines all in as fully committed or involved in something. And so at Antioch, our involvement goes beyond a a Sunday morning gathering, though that's important to gather together and worship. We want to be a church that's that's, that's all in in our neighborhoods. Thank you for those who served this past weekend at Gladfest, setting up and making connections with our community. Thank you for that. We want to make a difference for Jesus Christ in this community. And that's why God has put us here, to make a difference for Jesus Christ and to be all in. Think about being all in for your family. And for us, man, and you, I think everybody really, man, our family matters. Amen? Our family matters. We have four children, seven grandchildren. And when it comes to that, we are all in. I think we got a soccer game going on today. And both of them play at one o'clock in totally different places. And so that's a problem. But we have to figure that out. All right? I can't make one's closer, so I'll make that one. Are you going to go the farther one, Judy? We're here together? Okay. I'll see you at one o'clock. Sounds good. All right. They're all accepts that. Who's going to come watch us play soccer? We just can't, you can't be everywhere. But we're all in, man. We're all in. So the book of Philippians, if you have your Bible here, Philippians chapter one, we're going to look at chapter one through chapter four, briefly overseeing this particular passage. 
in, in my estimation for me personally, Philippians is one of the most impactful books of the Bible in, in my life. The Apostle Paul, the most prolific writer and author of the New Testament and, and missionary, he penned this book of Philippians to the Philippi people while he was in prison. So think about that. In prison, he pens this letter to a group of, belie- to a group of people, really, that did not, some knew Christ, but some were just coming to Christ there in Philippi. Philippi was a, a, a central business hub. Uh, there was a major city called the Via Ignitia who, that passed through that way. And so it was an up-and-going place. Uh, when I was in uh, my studies with uh, New Testament survey and New Testament teaching, our uh, professor said that Philippi was really founded by a, a, a bunch of Roman veterans uh, who were in battle but were veterans and went to that place to make Philippi a city and what a city it was. The first person to come to faith in Jesus Christ was a businesswoman by the name of Lydia. Lydia came to Christ and God used her faith in Jesus Christ to cause that area to blossom and grow. In fact, it was the first church on European soil, that church of Philippi today known as modern, modern Greece. So let's take a moment to look here in Philippians chapter one. I want to kind of walk through these first six verses and uh, set the stage here, and then we're going to move our way through chapter four. Hey, we'll be out of here by one, okay? We got a soccer game, so we'll be out of here by, by one. Right? And, and way before that as well. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. I love the way Paul, the most prolific author of the New Testament, he, he, he was a brilliant man, but it wasn't about him. We're servants. I get it, church? We're servants. To all the saints, all the believers in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. The word overseer here speaks of a, a bishop or we, we call that, a, and the idea is a pastor. And pastor and deacons were there at that church. Grace to you and, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on to say in verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, always making my prayer with joy always making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day till now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we hold in our hands a, an amazing document, your word known as the Bible. Use this passage, God, today to to motivate us and to encourage us to be like those first century believers who were all in. I'm not sure I could say I can pack my coffin and go, that's heavy, that's heavy. But how can we as a church take those steps of making much of your name by the way we live in our community and how we can impact this world, this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we give these moments to you, these sacred moments we give to you in Jesus' name. And together, church, we said... Amen. We're going to just present today from the book of Philippians four partnership principles, four partnership principles that that priority of partnership. First of all, the priority of partnership and partners in prayer. Notice again that verse three and four we just went through a moment ago. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. So every time Paul had a memory of them, he would, he would call out their name or call out that group of people by prayer. 
I, I think prayer lists are helpful. They help us kind of organize that. But there's times only in my life where somebody comes to my mind. Are you the same way? Someone comes to your mind, right? And when it comes to your mind, that can be a prayer prompter. I, I, can, I can pray and call that person's name out. Because you can pray anywhere, anytime, right? And have a conversation with God. He wants to hear from us. And Paul has this, this, this prayer for these first century believers. And he wants to encourage them. It's a prayer of thanks. Almost every book that Paul penned, he begins by giving thanks to those who were serving and advancing the gospel. So it wasn't about Paul. It's not about me or Pastor Steve or any other pastor. It's not about us. It's about Jesus Christ and about you, us, amen, doing the work of ministry together, making a difference in the lives of others. And prayer plays such a big role in what we do to, to pray for our missionaries uh, we support uh, some 70 missionaries, we'll talk about that a little bit later, 70 missionaries in some 47 countries around the world from Argentina to Uganda. Uh, we have what we call uh, sending missionaries who, are, who grew up in our church or part of our family. We've sent them off to places like Germany and, and places around the world like Ireland and the Philippines uh, to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul, I love it, he begins by just giving this important priority, a partnership his first is, is prayer, that we, we pray. It's been said that to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Prayer is the oxygen for the Christian. Prayer, think, think about it, church. No appointment necessary. You, the fact the Bible says you can barge in the throne of grace, you can come in with confidence and just say, God help, All right? In fact, I didn't know when I was 16 years old and came to faith in Christ, I had no clue. I knew I just needed Jesus. But the day I said yes to Jesus Christ, recognizing my sin and repentance of my sin, the Holy Spirit came in to live in my life. And the Bible says in Romans chapter eight that the Holy Spirit even prays with us and for us when we don't know exactly how to pray. Awesome, you know, God himself, the Holy Spirit, helps us to pray and to give back to him what we need. Jesus even put it this way. He said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth many labors into the field. And so as a church, it's not about just what happens here in this community, though that's important, but how can we make a, a, an impact around the world for Jesus Christ? That we can do something that's, that's bigger than we are. Amen, church? It's, it's a God thing. The privilege of prayer and being partners in prayer. And then Paul talks about partners in the gospel. In verse 3 and 4, again, he gives us, I remember you. And he says, I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So from day one, this local church at Philippi led the first believer there, Lydia, led this church to, to pray and to be a partner with the Apostle Paul in the gospel. The gospel is the good news. In fact, the gospel is not only a biblical term. In fact, it was a cultural term, secular term, before it became a biblical term. It's the Greek word euangelion. The euangelion, it means the best news possible. And so the best news possible was for the Roman Empire, if it was you know, Caesar's birthday, it's the best news possible. It, it better be, right? It better be or you're going to be in trouble, right? 
Or if they would conquer a certain region of the world, and Rome was just massive, man, just conquering region. It was also the Evangelion, and they would pass it on, the Evangelion to evangels, evangelists. They didn't have phones and didn't have, you know, TV. They had people stationed at certain sections where they could hear and just saying, we won the battle, we won the region. Are you with me, church? And so that when Jesus came on the scene, they began to say, hey, it's the gospel, all right? We've got the best news possible. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ and how he works through us. This partnership, that word is a great word. I, I love partnerships. Antioch, we can, we can do so much more together, can't we? The word partnership comes from a word that you may be familiar with in the Greek language called koinonia, to have something in common. Partnership communicates in this section here camaraderie, that we're in this together, church. We may not know everybody personally in this room. There's people sitting over here, over here, maybe have never met. But today, collectively, we're part of Antioch and we have guests in our church and you're sure welcome here. But that we work together, we, we partner together. It has this idea of partnership coming together for a common goal, a common mission. You get it, right, guys? You get it. Ladies, we get how that works. This, this dynamic of partnership is a great, part, a great gift. And so because of your partnership, he says, now it's not prayer here, but it's, it's in the gospel. The prayer of partnership in the gospel. Peter O'Brien, in his commentary on Philippians, refers to this partnership as cooperating in promoting the gospel. That we have this privilege of being involved in something so much bigger than we are to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ and to cooperate together. That's the dynamic of a local church. Together we're in this cooperation to communicate, live out the gospel, and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we never graduate from the gospel. The, the gospel is not simply the ABCs of Christianity. It's the XYZ. It's the whole, never graduate. But we're always growing and learning in the gospel. I'm not saying we get saved over and over again as far as our relationship. But once we come to Christ, we don't set the gospel aside. We still, by God's grace, live out the gospel. What, the Bible says to walk worthy of Christ and walk worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's a, that's a big assignment, isn't it? To walk worthy of the gospel and to walk worthy of Jesus Christ and who he is. And so Paul's joy is, is gospel partnership with these first century believers. And they were all in. And then verse six, as we read a moment ago, and I am sure of this, Paul writes, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you. The good work is the good work of the gospel. Right? That's the context. Context always determines meaning. You know, some will look at that as that's, that's the good news is when I, when I came to Christ and got saved. There can be a, a piece of that, but in the context of the gospel in Philippians, it's about the good news of promoting and advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's begun this good work in us, this good work of the gospel. Amen, church? To advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. That word you there in the text is not singular. That's so much of our culture. Every time, almost every time you see the word you used in a statement in the Bible in the New Testament, it is always plural. So Paul's not talking about an individual. He's saying you all, all right? You all are advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it's not just you or you or you. It's y'all, all right? 
Anybody from Alabama or Mississippi? Somebody help me here. I'm just about the best I can do with you all. That's, a, I, that's all. I, right, where are you from, sir? Texas. Oh, does that count? Does Texas even count? I mean, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but Texas, yeah, Texas is you all. We got a guy on our staff, uh, uh, Marcus, our student. He's always saying you all, isn't he, Clint? Just you, you all. He just says you all. I, I'm way off board. It's not even in my, my notes here. I, I apologize, brother. I'm all for you, man, in Texas. Way to go. All right. This good work is the good work of the gospel. So here's the deal, church. We've got to be on guard because what happens is it happens everywhere, every church. In fact, the older a church becomes, the more this problem becomes a problem is that we drift off mission. Missiologists call it mission creep. It just kind of creeps and we just kind of slowly forget that we've got a mission to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Antioch is 58 years old. Buyer beware, amen, church? Are we tracking out there? We gotta stay in the game, amen? Stay faithful, not get comfortable. It's not just about us. It's not just about showing up on Sunday morning, right? It's about living out the Christian life and making a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, thank you. Everybody said, amen. This gospel, and that's why we exist, to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just want to give you a, a look here at the, Rachel and the, the, the missionary partners. I mentioned 73 missionaries from Argentina to Uganda. We're privileged to partner with, with them. And by that, we partner with them in prayer. We partner with them in finances as well. About $22,000 a month goes out to missions. And so thank you, church, for being faithful to give. 47 countries, five church plants. We also believe in starting new churches because new churches always reach new people. All right, that's a good thing. So we've made us part of a church plant in uh, St. Louis. We're part of a team in Boulder. We had a, a guy from our church, Jeff Vanderford, who grew up in this church. I remember when he was like this, all right? He's there, started that. Can you imagine just going to a place and start a church just on his own, man? And now we had support, had some people with him, but just going to a church and starting it there. Authentic Life Church, doing a great job in Tucson. We have four missionaries from our church that we send out. Uh, Roger and Tammy Akers, who sit right where you sit. Uh, he was in the uh, building business and just God began to press on his life to go to missions. And so back in 2006 or so, they went to the Philippines and still serving in the Philippines, making a difference uh, for the cause of Jesus Christ. And so we get, this is something we get to be a part of that is a really a privilege for us as a church because we're living out the truth of God's word, amen, church, to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's fast forward to chapter four. We're gonna save chapter two and chapter three for another day. Chapter one and now chapter four. We fast forward here, not only to partners in prayer, not only partners in the gospel, but also partners in support, i.e. money, all right? Money, finances. Verse 15. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into me with partnership in giving and receiving except you only. That's not putting anybody down. That's just complimenting that first century church at Philippi. They were all in. Helping supply Paul with food, with resources, with finances to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Missions is not about money. 
but missions is about money. It takes resources to get somebody on a plane and fly to the Philippines. It's about probably $10,000 or so to fly family over there and to get a home and live. And it just takes resources. That's, that's not a bad thing. And so Paul is championing this first century church. I say, man, no one else came in, but you guys did. I want to go back and read a few thoughts here from God's word to give you the context, because context always determines the meaning of what we just read in verse 15. Uh, you go back to verse 11, for example. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, because I've learned no matter what situation I'm in to be content. If I have a lot of good stuff going on, I'm good. If I don't, I'm good. So Paul had this attitude, no matter what happens, I can live with contentment. Oh, if we could live that way as ourselves, amen? He, he had contentment, no matter what was coming his way. He says in verse 12, I know how to be brought low. I, I know when life gets tough. I, I also know when life is good and things abound and it's, success is going, it's good. So I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, just a transparency of Paul just saying, this is who I am, this is it. And just shares his heart with that first century church and his still heart is being shared here today at Antioch. Isn't that great church? What a good word. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So often, I'm not anti, we, we can take verse 13 out and say, I can do all things through Christ. I can win that soccer game. We're going to win this. I can, I can have this new business. I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me to give what I need to have a better business and a you know, better family and all those kind of things. That's great, but that's not what this verse teaches. He's talking about in the context of missions, right? I can do all things through Christ. If I have a lot of resources, I'm good. No resources, I'm good. I find contentment in everything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That verse is given in the context of missions. Now, I'm not saying you can't grab that verse. I've used it to him. I can do all things through Christ. I get that. But are you with me, church family? So I'm not trying to blow your, you know, pop your bubble. But all, context always determines meaning. So Paul's saying, I can, no matter what it is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Verse 14. Yet, it was kind of you to share in my trouble. That's a, just, again, a transparency. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Again, a compliment, not a put down. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again on and on. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, okay? It's not about me, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. So Paul says, it's not about the food you're sending me or the finance you're sending me. It's about what those finances and food make possible to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ and all that goes to your credit. And so I say this very carefully at Antioch. We partner with 73 missionaries. We have a missionary conference kicking off next week. We'll have three missionaries here from, from Germany, uh, London, and Madagascar will be here. And we'll have one who is from a uh, uh, unreached people group. I can't even mention the place he's in because we, we can't do that. He'll be here on the 17th to give us a word about missions. And so what he's doing here is just reminding us, you know, 
I'm seeking the fruit. Again, it's not about look what we're doing and all this kind of stuff. It's just saying we get to be a part of this. And at Antioch, we just say this. It's about total participation. It's not even about how much you give. That's not the issue even, how much. Right? It's just give. It's amazing when we give and give $10 a, a week for a month. 10 times 4 is 38, 40. All right? So $40, that, that can make a difference. You multiply that by maybe... 15 or 20 families. I'm not going to go there with my math right now, but you kind of get the picture of what that, what that looks like. Again, it's not about, look what we're doing. It's not about pride. You know, it's, a, it's about the gospel. I hope you hear our, our heart here about that. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 18, I have received full payment and more. You guys have gone overboard with me. I'm, I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus, who was a, a gentleman in Philippi who served Paul even in jail, served him. He's a, great, he's a great character in the Bible. I received gifts from Epaphroditus, the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And then verse 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So I read all of that to kind of emphasize verse 19, and my God will supply every need. And we can we sometimes pray that, God, no matter what's happening, I lost my job, and God, you can provide everything, and God can do and provide all that we need. But that verse, chapter 4, verse 19, is given in the context of missions. Are you with me? Of missions. Where he says, and my God, he's saying that first century Philippian church and my God will give will supply every need because you are helping me advance the gospel with food and finances whatever I need travel arrangements are we tracking out their church right that's a great promise and the promise is reserved for those who are engaged in missions those who are engaged in missions so Philippians 4 19 is a promise for those who sacrificially release their resources for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 is. It's a promise to those believers who are active in giving and supporting missions. Right? That's it. Now, can God supply our needs? Yeah. Right? Are you with me? I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I'm just saying, don't, let's, we've got to be careful how we, train, how we look at the word and say, oh, he can supply, he can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and get this new job. And, and he can do that. And do, but that's not what it's, he's talking about. He's not talking about that. He's talking about missions. My God will supply all my needs. He's not talking about those things. I know it's hard when you got to, he's talking about missions, all right? And a secondary thing you could say, okay, I can know. He know. I know he can do all things. I know he can supply my needs because he's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. All right, good. So I'm not trying to, burst your bubble. I'm just trying to say, here's what God's word is saying about missions, which is awesome. It's been said that giving is not what God wants from you, but what God wants for you. At Antioch, for all these years, the 50, it's not about the amount. It's just about everybody having a part. And just Everybody doing something makes a huge, huge difference. Partners in prayer, partners in the gospel, Partners in supply, money, resources, food, finances. 
And then partnership, and this is the, the crown in the glory of God. All we've talked about so far in Paul at the very end, it's all about the glory of God. He'll supply all your needs in glory in Christ Jesus. To our Father, to our God, be glory forever and ever. Amen. So by God's grace, what we desire to do at Antioch is for the cause of Christ and not for the glory of Bob or any other leader in our church, not for your glory, it's for the glory of God. Because so often as Christians, we can be glory grabbers. Look, how, look, look what Antioch's doing. Look what you're doing. Man, you look how much you're giving. All this grabbing, 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 glory grabbing. But to give God the glory. God is a missional God. God is the ultimate missionary. And to bring glory to him. The word glory is the word doxa. Uh, maybe you grew up like I did in a church. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. In, in my early, that my elementary years, every Sunday morning we, we sang the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him. Praise our Father here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. And we had a seven amen thing at the end, seven of them. Right? Nothing wrong with that. That's the doxa, the glory of God. And missions is not about our glory. Thank you, Phil. Not about our glory, but the glory of God. Here's our, the biggest problem we've got is just get out of the way. We just gotta, we gotta get out of the way and give God the credit and the glory. I love how Paul wraps that up. Church, this is gold, man. Isn't God's word rich and just powerful and encouraging? Just releases us to be who God has called us to be. So by God's grace, we all want to, to play a role in this privilege of, of missions. I want to show you a brief video recap. Uh, last year was different for us with covid uh, so we didn't have a, an, a, an event like we had in the past. But here's an event a, a couple of years ago. It gives you an idea of what happens during Go Global Week. And that starts next Sunday to next week till the 17th. So just watch the screen. It's about a two-minute clip here. It'll kind of help you get an idea of what Go Global is all about. Go. That one little word with a world of impact. A word not separated by tribe or tongue. Its song can be heard in Burkina Faso and in the innermost parts of Thailand. It stretches to the Dominican Republic where the truth of the gospel is shown to the people, eventually extending to all the nations. And for us, it all starts here. Gladstone's always been home for Antioch. For years, we've hosted missionaries from around the world during our Go Global Missions Conference. Welcome our missionary guests today. We're glad they're here to be a part of what's happening. It's a week designed to support and encourage missionaries as they share the work being done throughout the nations. 
There are missionaries from at least three continents here this week. We understand that this isn't a one-man show over in Thailand. This is not the Lone Ranger going to Burkina Faso or other nations. It is a fact that we are doing this mission together. There are over 7 billion people on the planet, many of whom have never heard the gospel. We are commanded to go into the world and proclaim the gospel. I just love to be a part of something that's bigger than we are. But it takes, it takes aid, it takes prayer, it takes encouragement, it takes a church that by God's grace is going to stay in the game, amen? So why go global? Why support missions? Because it meets a need, it's a blessing, and it pleases God. How can God use a church with a heart for missions? How can God use one church to impact the world? So tonight, as we gather together, let's remember the joy that's taken place these past few days and celebrate the work being done around the world. Amen. So just uh, encourage you to be a part of uh, Go Global Mission Conference. We kick off Sunday morning. We'll have three missionary guests here. We'll do an interview on stage with a missionary. Uh, you want to go ahead and put the other stuff up there, Rachel, it's kind of the schedule. And we're going to have, we have a handout on your seat there, maybe... These give some details there as well to be a part of that. So we'll do an uh, interview here. We'll hear a, a speaker, a missionary speak. We'll have breakouts. We have a Krieger Hall, we call it, in 201, 202. You can go to a breakout and just, you can be here at this, like this service here and at 1130 or so, go there. It's more personal, kind of a connection there. We'll have different events on Monday night, ladies night out, event here at church, uh, men's prayer gathering on Tuesday night. So we go around in prayer stations and pray over our missionaries, and then we have some barbecue, big bonfire, kind of hang out and pray over our missionaries and, and just be encouraged. And Wednesday night is our all-church celebration. We're going to have it outside, Lord willing, this year, out here in our east parking lot, and just celebrate missions and encourage our missionaries. We always provide them a, a, a financial gift because they're here and want to love on them and their kids. And then on Sunday the 17th, we have a missionary who's going to be here, Ken Lyles, uh, who God has used in amazing ways around the world in countries that we can't communicate today because that would not be good for him, for people to hear that. But he'll be here to share his story. Uh, it's amazing. And uh, you'll hear missionary stories that will really encourage you to be a part of that. And then we, we have what we call uh, faith promise, where we make a faith promise commitment during this season. And on October 17th, we'll invite you. We're inviting you right now to be processing that and thinking about it, praying about it. What could I give? What could we as a family give? My wife and I have those conversations and uh, to determine what we want to give, maybe monthly. Some say, I'm going to give a one-time gift. And to make that happen, this, since last Sunday, the 26th, as a church, you've given $250,000 and what, $62.59. So about a quarter of a million dollars just in the last year. So thank you, church, for being, being good, giving. I didn't have a chance to get the numbers this week, but I, I think we're right up in the, between that six and a half or seven uh, million dollars given to missions uh, since 1997. And so just, again, it's not about money. It's about the missionaries we get to support and to, to give resources to them. 
Uh, we support an average missionary in partnership, about $200 a month. And then our sending missionaries, we give more to them just because they're, not, they're here, they're part of our family. And so we give them a greater, and we do a lot of uh, uh, projects as well. Like I mentioned about Brian, and uh, we do projects around and send resources. Sometimes they need to buy a car, so we'll try to help them with that, or housing, or we're going to build a church. Just neat stuff we can be a part of those, those things as well to make, to make a difference. And so I really encourage you to be a part of that. You can register online, and there's a QR code right here. I guess you want to put your camera on it, right? I don't, I don't ever do that, but just put your camera there, and it'll show you... I should have been born, born, raised in the 50s. But anyway, you can go here and get all the details. It'll be a great week. You'll be encouraged. You'll be inspired. And we encourage you to be a part of that. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for being a missional God. In essence, we are all in this room as Christ followers because of missions. Back years and years ago, some, they sent missionaries here to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and his suffering and his death on the cross and his resurrection. That's the gospel. We thank you, God, for your grace. We're saved not by what we do, but what you've done for us. Before I close out this prayer, even in this room right now, or you're watching online, perhaps you've never made that decision to, to realize, I, I need Jesus. That there is an eternal life, there is eternal death, there is a heaven and there is a, a hell. Where will you spend eternity? God wants a relationship with you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The motivation for that is the love of God for you and the grace of God to say yes to Jesus. And right where you sit, you can call upon his name. I'd be honored to have a conversation with you after church here. So Father, do your work in this room here. Use our church, God, to make a difference in this world. May we give you the glory that you deserve. Forgive me, forgive us when we step aside and we think it's all about us. God, we, we repent of that and and commit that to you, Father. Use our church to honor you and to make much of your name the glory that you deserve. Thank you again for the opportunity today to be in this place. For every guest that's here, may they be, feel welcome. Thank you for our church family and those watching online. Encourage them. Before I close out this prayer, Father, I pray for the Lanning family, for Bill. And as far as I understand, I think they're, it took them off life support early this morning and Bill's been a friend for a long, long time, and I commit that. I think of Larry Kruger today, and Larry had just been battling cancer for now, I think, coming up on six years, and he has uh, horrific blood clots in his right leg that are just super serious. And I just pray, God, today for a touch of your grace and healing for Cassie, their family. I, I think of Mark Laity, who has a brain tumor, grew up in this church, South Carolina now is home and uh, going through all the process of that for Bill and, and Nettie in this room today. God encourage them as, as mom and dad. As I say these names and these individuals, we're all in this room thinking of somebody. And so we give those names, God, to you and those situations to you. We pray in Jesus' name and, and together, church, we say, amen. amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. 
If you desire more information, please go to AntiochBBC.org. That's AntiochBBC.org. God's best to you.